Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bashed, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. Listen and enjoy this installment of Iron Sharpening Iron as Pastor Tim answers your sincere questions. Here's Pastor Tim. On this episode of Bible Bash, we will be answering the question, Can I be unequally yoked to a believer? Now, as you read through the Bible, one of the things you're going to realize is that God gives uh, Christians in his word substantial freedom in picking a marriage partner uh, with one basic constraint. So Christians are told to marry whom they will, only marry in the Lord. Uh, And yet, there's been plenty of situations where an individual thinks they're married to a Christian only to find that there is this fundamental uh, incompatibility that's present within their marriage, and they're wondering, well, what do I do with that? Is it possible to be unequally yoked to a believer? Uh, I thought I married a believer, but then the marriage isn't going the way I thought it would go uh, uh, with picking a believing spouse, and so what do we do with that? Did I pick the wrong person? Uh, should we listen to the psychologists who tell us that the essentials to having a happy marriage are uh, compatible personality, uh, shared interest, and shared values? Is there more to, is is there more to picking a marriage part a good marriage partner than just marrying whom you will and marrying in the Lord? What are we to make of these things? Now, as we think about a question like that, one of the things to think about is that in Second Corinthians six fourteen, uh, when Paul is instructing uh, Christians, the church at Corinth, to not uh, be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, there is some discussion that's being had there as it relates to the translation of this, or the interpretation of this passage. Is this passage talking about mixed marriages, or is this passage talking about the church at Corinth joining themselves to the unbelieving super apostles? Uh, Regardless of uh, where you come down on that kind of interpretation, one of the things to realize is that mixed marriages certainly are an example of unequal yoking. (laughs) Uh, And even if you're not persuaded that that's the direct uh, interpretation of 2 Corinthians 6.14, 
certainly we can all agree that the rest of the Bible teaches that it's uh, out of bounds for a Christian to marry an unbeliever. So Paul tells uh, Christians that to marry whom they will, only marry in the Lord. And Peter said, or Paul says that he has the right to take a um, uh, to take a believing spouse, just like the rest of the apostles, even though he chose not to exercise that right. And so the consistent Christ, uh, teaching of Scripture is that Christians have freedom to marry who they want to marry, but then they need to marry uh, a believer. And the reasons for that are obvious. Uh, first, God commands it, and second, because it's stupid not to. <laughs> so um, there is a fundamental disharmony that is introduced into any intimate sort of relationship along those lines if the two individuals are serving two masters. Uh, so what accord does Christ have with Belial? What fellowship does light have with darkness? If a, if a person wants to reject this command that the Bible gives, uh, there's... Uh, that type of individual is calling into question their basic commitment to the lordship of Christ. But regardless of all of that, they're setting themselves up for a lot of headache and a lot of pain and a lot of frustration because any impulse they have to try to follow the Lord is going to fundamentally be stamped out by this or, or attempted to be stamped out by this other individual who doesn't share that same basic allegiance. This imperative to marry whom you will, only marry in the Lord is fundamentally seeking to reorient the Christian's mind to the basic and primary source of hope that two Christians have in marriage itself. Uh, It is this shared commitment to pursue the purposes of Christ that is going to uh, be the fundamental source of unity for a Christian marriage. Uh, Unity for the Christian marriage is not going to be found in you know, the pursuit of common interest or the pursuit of shared values or the the pursuit of someone with some sort of compatible personality, the ultimate source of unity that two Christians are going to have is going to be found in this uh, fundamental and shared commitment to following the Lordship of Christ. And this fundamental commitment is going to be the commitment that keeps two individuals married and gives them hope for a better marriage and gets them through the difficulties that arise in the course of any normal marriage. Now, leaving these things aside, is it possible to be unequally yoked to a believer? Well, in the technical sense, no, meaning uh, uh, this passage is talking about uh, uh, this this passage of being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. There's a command there to not join yourself in an intimate way with an unbeliever. And you wouldn't want to extend that command out to uh, also include there's a command to not uh, pursue a marriage uh, that with a fellow Christian that is fundamentally incompatible in other ways. And so what, what you don't want to do is extend this command um, broader than what it's given. But at the same time, I, I think that many people can acknowledge that just because two believers get married uh, and technically that's permissible, that doesn't make it necessarily a wise idea. And so what do you do with that kind of thing? Uh, there, there's been many of individual who finds himself in a marriage with a person who, uh, who claims to be a Christian, only to see that that marriage is filled with heartache and pain and frustration and difficulty. And And so you have to figure out what to do with that kind of arrangement. And is it possible that two believers uh, uh, are significantly incompatible uh, in some fairly fundamental ways? And that's a question that we need to answer. Now, part of the reason why this is a question that is asked is because I think that Christians should take this one command that we're given much more seriously than what we do uh, because of the influence of 
just uh, the megachurch culture and the church shopper culture and the seeker sensitive movement and everything else. Uh, the, the idea, of, or what you might describe as easy believism within the church as well, the idea of being a believer has been a an idea that's fundamentally been the. Uh, devoid of all and and almost any content i mean to be a christian today in in, in america is a very small thing i mean you you really uh, there, there are times within church history where um if you say you follow christ that meant something and you're going to be subject to uh intense kind of persecution <laughs> um the uh the you know the original apostles after jesus died they're hiding in a room because they understand that associating themselves with this messiah might mean that they die and then when you go make a prof- public profession of faith and baptism, you identify yourself with Christ, you might subject yourself to intense persecution that might lead to death. And certainly in different parts of the world right now, making a claim to Christ means more than it does in uh, America today. Now, these things might be changing relatively quickly, but for many years, it, it has been possible to say that you believe in God and have uh, little to no expectations that are attached with that. And there's been, and, and there will be many on the last day who say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these wonderful things for you? And God will say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, I didn't know you. And so one of the things to realize is that as you're thinking about this one basic command, the more that you know about what it actually means to be a Christian, the better able you are to actually fulfill this command. There's been a great many people who have, you know, checked uh, checked the box. Hey, they say they're a believer, only to find that every um, time they try to encourage this individual in the course of their marriage to pursue faithfulness, fundamentally they're interacting with the heart of stone. And then that leaves them to wonder, like, is this person actually a legitimately a Christian? And maybe if they were would, on the front end of things, actually have a more robust understanding of what it actually means to be a Christian, they could have saved themselves a lot of heartache and they would understand the wisdom of this one basic command. But then when, once this command has basically uh, uh, been... Uh, emptied of all meaning and and being uh, considered a Christian in today's culture is essentially that, then that command loses its helpfulness or its usefulness. Now, having said that, though, certainly there are individuals who are farther along in the Christian life than others. And so if you have an individual who's been walking together with the Lord for 10 years, marrying someone who basically uh, just made a profession of faith last week, one of the things that you might find is those two individuals, uh, the one who is a lot further along than the other, uh, might have a lot of conflict that happens as a result of um, being further along in their journey. Uh, So while that may be permissible, it may not be wise. And certainly you can think of plenty of examples of situations where a a, Christian Christian might want to have higher standards as it relates to their marriage partner related to whatever sort of profession they're entering in or and everything else and so you can imagine the politician uh, you know at a secular level a politician uh, going into um, public service is going to might have a lot bigger uh, greater standards about who they're going to marry than someone else who is not going in who's not going to be a, a figure in public life and so as you think through these things uh, one of the things to realize is that there is this one basic command and if we were to treat this one basic command with much more seriousness than what we do it would actually be much more helpful uh, to picking a marriage partner but then there's still this category of wisdom that we have to interact with as we're thinking about picking an appropriate marriage partner and if you want to if you want to pick a good marriage partner you can pick the bare minimum uh, requirements and 
that you can technically call faithfulness. But if you want to pick a wise marriage partner choice, one of the things that you're going to want to do is soak yourself in wisdom literature and then get a lot of advice from your family members and your friends. And the wiser choice you make among all the permissible options, uh, the um, easier <laughs> your experience of marriage will be. Although there is no such thing as a you know a perfectly easy marriage choice. Men and women are fundamentally different, and there's uh, and the fall has introduced fundamental disharmony in all of marriages. And so uh, marriage is never going to be a cakewalk <laughs> as far as that's concerned. But it can be easier or worse depending on the kind of marriage partner you pick and how you pursue marriage in general. So while it's not technically possible to be unequally yoked together to a fellow believer uh, th- there can be a variety of situations that uh, an individual can find themselves in uh, where they are married to a believer but then fundamentally uh, they you know one one Christian might be much further along in the journey than the other and it might be much more difficult or you can make a wiser marriage choice among permissible options or, or a poor choice. And so while there's only one command that's given, there's also a lot of wisdom in picking a good marriage partner. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.